I'm Robin. And I'm Molly. And this is Home is Where the Murder Is. Hi, Molly. Oh, well, hey there, Robin. How are you? Funny seeing you in this blanket fort. <laughs> I love our blanket fort. It's the best. We should have someone bring us food and more hot tea, but he's sleeping. I just texted my oh, husband. Oh, I was going to say, it'd be nice to he have is, a... He has not responded back. He gone. Oh. He's See this... gone. And we can't rely on the dogs because they'll just snuggle. No. So. Yep. Well, hey, so what's new with you? Well, we have been working on some marketing ideas for uh, this spring. We have a fun one coming up for St. Patty's Day that you thought of. I did. I did. I. It, it's you guys. For for real estate, oh, yeah. I should say, not for podcasting. Did you guys know that we are realtors? Hi. We're realtors. <laughs> well, Hello. Here, here I am. Um, nice to meet me. <laughs> I uh, Date Mike. You guys, <laughs> I love the dollar store. Even though it's not a dollar store anymore, it's a dollar twenty-five store. Um, I get the coolest little things off of there, and I make the most adorable little Popeyes. And I thought about it. I should probably start recording how I'm making them, because I think other people would benefit from that. You should do a TikTok thing. See, I need help. You should be on the talk. I, I think that's what they call it. <laughs> the, the talk. <laughs> or maybe that's like, oh, I'm, I'm on the talk. <laughs> no, I don't know. You're tired. It's late. <laughs> we're we're tired tonight. Um, no, I we made this cute little, so at the dollar store they had these little black pots, little plastic pots, and I put Rolos in them, and so they're little pots of gold, and then I tied a ribbon around it, a green one, with a little tag that says, you don't need luck, you just need us, and uh-huh. it's got our picture on it, and you like that? Yeah. <laughs> and it has uh, our contact information on it and everything, so super clever, super cute, and if you are lucky, you might end up with one of those at your door, because I need to sell your home. We're coming for you. <laughs> So make sure you buy and sell real estate with Badger no. Realty Team. Yes, Driftless Properties. Driftless Properties, preferably, because that's us. Bang. So I was I took a nice walk because it was beautiful today. Um, and I was in the neighborhood, and I'm like, I want to stop by everyone's doorsteps and let them know that I'm in the neighborhood <laughs> and that I can sell their house if they would like to get out of this nice neighborhood. Knowing your luck, if you were to stop and do that, Dakota would shit on their lawn. Oh, I didn't take her oh, with me. You want to walk by yourself without I your dogs? I can't go on a long walk with the dogs. Maybe oh. Dakota I can, but Charlie, he can like barely make it around the block. Oh. Poor little crooked leg. He's got a crooked leg. Seizures. Oh, he's it's rough, but he's yeah. so cute. He, you know what? He does the best he can. Yeah. He's all right. He's He's a good dog. Yeah. So I was thinking it. So I want to go around and do that in my neighborhood. And because we just love Mount Horror. We're going to go around and be putting some of that, those cute little Popeyes. Pop, yeah. Popeyes. That sounds weird when you say I it know, like that. I know. I know. I say that <laughs> way all the time. Yeah. Splooge. <laughs> I feel Very really soon. bad for these people because we are so No, over-tired. I feel happy and lucky for you. Lucky for you? You're like losing it. I'm yawning. This is just going to be I stay up way too late every night. And then I have to get up too early because I decided I'd have children. Oh my god, and I have to get up super early tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to be a pill. Yeah, you're going to be gone before I even wake up. I know. No, I'll probably be up at 7. What time do you have to leave? I'll probably leave like right at 7. Yeah, I'll see you then. We'll see you guys. The children have been getting up. 
They have been, huh? The children have been getting up. <laughs> it's like children of the corn. The children. I don't know. Bedtime kind of went that route. It, <laughs> a little I, bit of children of the cornish they, tonight. Keaton definitely cornish. needs a couple extra hours sleep. Let me tell you, yeah. that kid has been up. But he's not overtired, lately. mom. He's not tired. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sure. I think the neighbors heard that exchange. Oh my gosh! I thought, and what I'm a I'm a terrible aunt tonight. because I'm like laughing because this kid was having a meltdown over the dumbest thing, and I'm laughing about it. He I, was having a meltdown because we I have these cool little wooden snakes that like move. You know, I yeah. don't know if you've seen those before, and they, I got a, a pack of them, and they were plain so that the kids could like paint and color them, which is pretty cool, right? Yeah. There was one left. It was in. Fletcher's room. Keaton found it in a bin in Fletcher's room, and he decided that he should have it and not Fletcher. And then he mentally broke down that yep. Fletcher wanted it, even though it was in Fletcher's room, yep. in Fletcher's bin. Yeah. So he just... He, and didn't he get mad that he was going to do it right now and he should do it after school instead? Yeah. Yep. And I, that's what made me laugh was that I'm like, so once we got past the whole, it, it is Fletcher's, but... He shouldn't be doing it now. He should be doing it after school. And I hear Fletcher go, I am going to do it after school. And then Keaton just lost it. No, you're not. It just. <laughs> it was, yeah. <sighs> I love it. This is why I come over. That's. That's, that's what it. you like here? That's what I like here. You're twisted. I know. Yeah. Speaking of twisted, do you want to do a murder? Is it twisted? It's not that twisted. It's very oh. cut and dry. But it's. One, I can honestly say I have not found another podcast about it yet. Oh. So that was not fun for me because I do like listening to other people talk about these things. Um, so I, you are a trailblazer. Trailblazer. I was going to say I'm a, a revolutionist, <laughs> but that's not right. I'm a Chevy trailblazer. <laughs> we're reading about the battle, the battle of Gettysburg right now with Fletcher. That's his book that we're reading at yeah. night. So for some reason, I have all these like battle and fighting words in my mind. So you're a revolutionist, and well, look at me go. I've always wanted the to rebel be that. force. I don't know. So. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna get into this. Uh, it takes place in Alabama. So, um, way down south. Way down south, and it's an oldie. It happened in the '80s. So that is a retro. It is a not that well-known case. That happened in the 80s, <laughs> so there's not a ton of information, but no you know what? No social media, folks. If you can find anything to give a victim their story to be told, you do it. The only sad part is, is that, once again, this the victim gets overshadowed by things that happen after the case. So, mm. you know, that's just the way it goes sometimes, but I... I would like to talk about it because it sounds like the guy that was a victim was a really good guy and he deserves his voice heard. So, no. So let's get started. This is the murder of Troy Wicker Jr. Troy was known to his family and friends as Jr. So that's what I'm going to refer to him as during this podcast. But his name is Troy. He was born on January 18th, 1947 in Germantown. 40s. Yeah. We are just... Going mm-hmm. way back way in back. time here. Get, yep. in, get in your DeLorean. <laughs> I'm never going to get through this with you. <laughs> get in your DeLorean. Okay, anyways. Anyways. Continue. So, January 18th, 1947 in Germantown, Tennessee. Fun fact, we have a Germantown. I was just going to say it, but I was going to try not to interrupt you again. 
Um, his parents were Troy Sr. and Gladys Wicker. Gladys is like one of my favorite names. Gladdy. Yeah. Do you think they called her that? I hope so. I think they did. Um, he was the second born of six children and was described as the life of the party and the comedian of the family. You never want to be the life of the party and you never want to light up a room. But seriously, I think that that can be me some days. I worry for your future. <laughs> I know. I'm convinced that a true crime podcast person does not actually get murdered because that would just be too ironic and we can't have that. I bet you there's been one. I'm going to research there it. There you go. Look at this. Um, so Junior married Mary Jewel Wardlow, known as Judy Wicker in the story here, on August 22nd, 1972. And they went on to have three sons. Junior served in the U.S. Army and once worked for Tennessee's Sheriff's Office. In 1981, he was working for the Coastal Towing, Inc., where he maintained the engines on the tugboats of the Mississippi River. I just love that. Toot, toot. There it is. <laughs> well, this is where it gets sad. Oh, no. I'm sorry. On the morning of February 1st, 1982, police were called to 301 Highland Avenue in Muscle Shores, Alabama, which was the home of Junior and Judy Wicker. When they arrived, they found 35-year-old Junior dead in his bed with a gunshot wound through his right eye, and his wife, Judy, was lying on the floor with blood on her face and with her sister, Teresa Rowland, kneeling beside her. Autopsy showed that Junior was killed with a 22 caliber rifle shot through his right eye and through his brain. Judy's car was found later that day at a junior college parking lot nearby, and inside was an Afro wig and her purse. Weird. Isn't that something? Yeah. Hmm. Well, but I mean, it's not the 70s anymore. It was the 80s, too. Yeah. Were Afro wigs very yeah. big in the 80s? I guess maybe early 80s. Yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Wasn't, wasn't there. So Judy told police that she had dropped her kids off at school when she returned home and she found a black man in her home. This man raped and beat her and then knocked her unconscious. He then killed Junior while he was in bed. Hmm. You guys, I don't like that part. Now, I'm going to tell you why. So her exact statement, and I read this in numerous articles, was that he raped her and beat her, knocked her unconscious, and then killed Junior. Right. You mean to tell me that Junior didn't wake up while that was happening? Right. To save you or whatever? Yeah. So, right there, the red flag, right? Yeah, that's weird. So, that was also a red flag to investigators because the investigation began, and during that investigation, they found that Judy killed her husband for the insurance money, and she was sentenced to life in prison. Judy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, but it wasn't just Judy that acted alone. Well, the Didn't sister see- was there, right? Yeah, well, Yeah. Kneeling over the body. So, but it wasn't just the sister. What? Turns out a man that went by the name of Tommy Arthur was also involved in the crime. And guess what role he played in Judy's life? Mm, Her lover. That's right. (laughs) Tommy Arthur was Judy Wicker's lover. Knew it. So let's talk a little bit about Tommy Arthur. So at the time of the murder, Tommy was in a work release program after serving time for murdering Eloise West, who was the sister of his common law wife. 
He's just murdered and helped murder everybody. <laughs> He's just after him. Murders mom. left and right. He murdered her because she refused to give up the location of his wife. Well, yeah. Which is funny. Not funny. But he goes on later on to say that it was an accident that happened when he was drunk. If you decide to be drunk or have drugs in your system and you do something bad, you are still responsible for what you did. Thank you for that PSA, Molly. Don't do drugs, folks. (laughs) So he's a top-notch guy here. He was given a life sentence for the murder of Eloise, but eventually qualified for the work release program. (laughs) Like, eh, well, you killed someone, but you know what? You look strong. Let's get you back out there, sir. So, as I say here in my notes, which seems like a very stupid move on the part of Alabama, people who brutally murder someone because they can't get to the person they initially want to murder probably shouldn't be just out and about. What if they find that person they wanted to murder? Well, you know, he he finds somebody, I'll tell you that much. Just, you know what, this guy, anyone will do. Right. He just wants to murder. So, in 1982, he's charged with second-degree murder. Um, and in 1983, he's convicted of capital murder in Junior's death. Because he was already serving a life sentence for another murder and the crimes were committed so close together, he qualified for the death penalty. And I say qualified like it's an accomplishment. Like, you did it. <laughs> All your hard work paid you off. You get the death penalty. Congratulations. It's like a different kind of star. I don't know if it's a gold one <laughs> like or... Like a forensic ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> It was like a poop brown ribbon. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's um, black. <laughs> like his soul. Like, yeah. During his sentencing, he stated to the jurors, oh, nope, let me start over. During, <laughs> ah, so tired. I rewound, rewound it. There, you rewound it, so they're not going to hear it? No, nope, it's gone. So during his sentencing, he stated that the jurors had failed him when finding him guilty, so he asked to be put to death. <laughs> His attorney stated that Arthur was an intelligent man and knew how the system worked. He knew that if he was given the death penalty, he would have more appeals, which is exactly what happened. So in 1985, Arthur's conviction was overturned on an appeal due to the murder of Eloise West being brought up during his trial. Apparently, being being a murderer of one person is not supposed to be mentioned when you're on trial for murdering another person. Like, is that still a thing? Because that seems ridiculous to me. I don't know for sure, but I do know that there is some laws. Like, you can't bring up something that he was already punished for, necessarily. But why? Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've heard that before. I don't know what the laws in Alabama are right now. If someone in Alabama wants to go ahead and... That just seems strange to me. It's like, we can't talk about how you've murdered someone before, but you're here about murder. Yeah, and I think it has something to do with the fact that this is the crime that we're talking about, but I also feel like you have to be able to look at someone's character, because that always comes into play. Well, he wasn't around during this time, because he was on vacation in jail. Jail. Jailcation. You know what they call it? Homecation or staycation? Yeah, staycation. Jailcation. Yeah. We should... Hashtag jailcation, everyone. Jailcation. That's what he was on. He didn't murder someone. He was just hanging out. Yep. So on January 27th, 1986, so we're getting to the year we were born. Pretty exciting. While while awaiting his retrial, Tommy Arthur escaped from jail by shooting a guard in the neck with a 25 caliber pistol and forcing another... But how? Did he take it from the cop? So there is no details on that, but it sounds like... 
that did it, was did a it get smuggled in. It sounds like it was just a gun that that he must have gotten it from a like a stolen it from the like, yeah whatever. okay um just based off of what I was I was I I dug deep and was like trying to find out the type of guns that were used in the eighties and that seemed like a very common one so that's where I'm thinking it happened but there isn't a lot of information but he shot the guard in the neck in the neck. Forcing an, and then forced another guard to open his cell. He was caught a month later in Knoxville, Tennessee, after robbing a bank. Mm. He is just a winner, he, folks. He's the best, you guys. So in 1987, Arthur was convicted again, but that was also overturned, and he was retried. They, I could not find why that one was overturned, but my guess is that since he was being retried for the murder of um, Junior... They probably brought up the fact that he committed another crime by killing a police guard. And and that, that can't be allowed either. So that probably is why not. it got overturned. I don't know. Um, so in 1991, he was again tried and found guilty and left on death row. At this time, however, he was given a plea deal that if he pled guilty, that he would he would be given life in prison without parole instead of the death penalty. He refused, knowing he would not have any further appeals if he did that. Some say it is because he didn't actually make cur- com- commit the crime, therefore he wouldn't admit to it. However, I think it was just because he wanted to drag this thing out as much as he could, because, and because of these appeals, he would go on to sit on death row for 34 years. Wow. Yeah. So, here are some reasons why people think Tommy Arthur was not the gunman in Junior's murder. One, his hair and fingerprints... I'm sorry, the hair and fingerprints found at the crime scene did not match him. Okay. Okay. No physical evidence was ever linked to Tommy Arthur. No murder weapon was ever found. Eyewitnesses state he was 75 miles away at the time of the murder. Recent DNA testing came back negative for Tommy Arthur. And the last bit of evidence, which is my favorite, Judy Wicker claimed in seven sworn testimonies that... Tommy Arthur had nothing to do with Junior's murder. Then she was offered an early release if she testified against Arthur. So she went on to give give two more sworn testimonies, so nine total. But on these two, she changed her story and pointed the finger at him. Hmm. So, like, why did they even tie him to, you know what I mean? It's like it doesn't seem like they had, they honestly didn't have much of anything. Well, they do. Oh, okay. Just haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh, okay. Um, so, Judy Wicker ended up taking the uh, the deal that she was presented, and she was released in 1992, mm-hmm. and she went back to her name of Mary Jewel instead of Judy Wicker. Jewel? Mary Jewel. I don't know. I think she should have been named Points the Finger Peggy or something. How about... How about a poop jewel. Jeez. <laughs> That's okay. what she is. She is a poop jewel. A poop jewel. Pisses me off. She changes her story after seven sworn testimonies just because she knows she can get early release. Yep. It just doesn't really add up. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so during the 1991 trial, Judy testified against Arthur, stating that the plan to murder Junior was the idea of Arthur and her sister, Teresa Rowland. Okay. Apparently, Roland wanted Junior dead because he was threatening to turn her in for an arson he helped her commit on her home. 
So there's no real details on that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But my guess is it sounded like it was for insurance money. Probably, yeah. Judy continued to explain that she met Arthur when they were working for Tidwell Homes. She further explained in 1981 that she, Roland, and Roland's boyfriend, Theron McKinney, had begun discussions had begun discussions of killing junior so that's how does that come up just real cash so from what i can tell is yeah roland kill him yeah so roland wanted him dead because he knew too much about her arson yeah and then judy has went on to testify that junior was physically violent with her which, based off of everything I've read about this guy, that was not the case. His entire family, which is a large family, all called him a big teddy bear. No. So, I don't believe... And which, I, don't, I mean, you never know what's going on behind closed true. doors. True. But... But she's also a lying sack of yes. shit. So, yes. I'm going to go with uh, Junior on that one, since he doesn't have a voice. Yeah. So... So, according to Judy, the plot went down as follows. She received a phone call in November 1991... 1991... From Arthur stating that he had been hired to kill Junior. Now, what bothers me about this sworn testimony is that she says she receives a phone call from Arthur saying he's been hired. What? Okay, she's the only connection to Arthur at this point, okay? Yeah. So, who would have hired him? Yeah. Obviously, I, I like, I'm like, this woman will take do anything to place the blame on anyone but herself. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm like, no, we all know you hired him, okay, you little bitch. Okay, so Judy then saw Arthur the following week and began a sexual relationship with him. As one does. Yep. Yep. So you hire someone. To kill your husband. A week later, you start sleeping with him. Makes total sense. Further convincing me that this bitch was behind the entire plan from the start. So... Judy said she was told that her husband would be killed on February 1st and she was to tell police that a black man did it. Always blaming the black guys. Always. On the day of the murder, she met Roland and Arthur at the airport. She stated that Arthur painted his face black, put on a wig, had a trash bag, a rifle, and was visibly drunk. Judy drove Arthur to her house and apparently begged him not to kill Junior. Okay. So that drives me. So she drove him to the house, but then changed her story and said, I begged him not to kill him. So then why did you drive him to the house? Like she was having second thoughts about it No, it's just her trying not to place blame on herself again. Right, right, Oh, she makes me angry. Alas... Arthur, I put in there. Alas. Alas. Arthur killed him anyway, then allegedly beat Judy until her teeth fell out and she was unconscious. After the deed was done, Judy paid out the following. Okay, so one thing I want to tell you before I give out this payout. So she said that he beat her afterwards, okay? Right. So you, if you got your ass kicked by some guy you're having a sexual relationship with that just killed your husband... Probably be pissed, right? Unless it's part wanted... of the plan. Yeah, true. That's what I mean. Right. So she's saying he attacked her as well. Right. But then she pays. But then she received $90,000 in insurance money. She gave 10000 of it to Arthur, 6000 to her sister uh, Roland, or T- Teresa Roland, and then she gave um, her sister's boyfriend a, 
a bunch of jewelry in a car. And then after the murder, she continued to have a relationship with Tommy Arthur. The man that beat her. That killed her. Yeah. And killed her husband. Yeah. Okay. Not suspicious at all. Right. So then. Don't be suspicious. So she is suspicious. How Tommy Arthur got roped into this now because after the truth came out that she had paid people out, they looked at where the payouts went. Yeah. And that's how he ended up getting into this. Yep. So her testimony was corroborated by other witnesses and evidence. Some additional trial trial notes are that Arthur's work release program stated that he signed out at 6 a.m. the day of the murder and signed back in at 7.50 p.m. That's a long day. Yes. His employer, this pisses me off, his employer at Reagan Mobile Homes could not say if he was at work or not. How? That guy wasn't there either that day. Well, you know what pisses me off is this guy is hiring a convicted murderer who is serving a life sentence to work at a work release program. And you don't even know if he's showing up. Right. Gold star. Yep. Yeah. Like, what a, like, what a fucking twat. Like, you're just as bad. Big turd. Yeah. He's a turd. What a turd. So, additionally, a waitress at a place called the Share Lounge stated that on January 31st, 1981, Arthur asked her to ask a friend to purchase a 22 caliber rifle from him. He gave her $10 for the purchase and told her it was to kill someone. That doesn't look good. No, that, that's not what you should usually yeah. say if you're trying not to Seriously, make it look like, like you're... I don't understand. Yeah. This just seems... So, the manager, the manager of the Share Lounge also testified, stating that she had lunch with Arthur on the day of the murder. On the way back from lunch, he stopped at a bridge and dropped a black trash bag into the river, stating he wanted to get rid of some old memories. So that timeline adds up with the fact that the murder happened early in the morning after Judy dropped off the kids. So you can see how that would have worked. He probably had the bag in the car and then dropped off the bag after they ate. So it, it, it works. Um, so another big piece of evidence was the fact that Arthur was found to have $2,000 in an envelope, in well, cash, in an envelope within his belongings. Now, that amount of money did not add up with what he was making at the work release program with how many hours he was working. And, like, how else would he get that money? Exactly. So, um... So Arthur went on to sit on death row for 34 years, and his execution date was rescheduled eight times before it was finally carried out on May 25th, 2017, by lethal inject, inject, lethal injection. He was 75 years old by the time he was um, let Almost go. like at that point, just let him. Yeah. He refused. <laughs> to die soon anyways. Yep. He refused a final meal, and his last words were, I'm sorry, I failed you. Which is said to be a message to his children who fought for his innocence during his incarceration. From what I read, his oldest daughter, Sheila, I believe her name was, was the most active into trying to um, clear her dad's name. Um, she truly believed that he didn't do this because he won't wouldn't admit to it, yet he would admit to the other murder that he did. Um, also, there was not necessarily a lot of concrete evidence that Nestle said that it was him that did it. It was a lot of just hearsay. So, which is why I don't necessarily believe that he should have been murdered. Or, I'm sorry, executed. Because there is a gray area there. And I feel if there's ever a gray area, then it's a... You just don't. Right. Um, And he had written to the governor um, asking for her to, I believe it was a her at the time, 
to um, to pardon his execution and just give him life. He that person, that governor would not do it. Um, a lot of it has to come down to his people are like, listen, we know he's not not a saint. Right. I mean, he's done some awful things. He killed. Um, he's killed. He had quite a list of he things did. that he did. Like he's not yeah. a good guy. No. Um, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I also am like, well, you did take two lives. Right. So, I don't know. And, and maybe it wasn't even two. I don't, I, I couldn't find anywhere if that police guard was killed. Well, one for but sure. But he was shot in the neck. So, well, one for sure right. that he was. And like, he doesn't. Which he did admit to that other one, right? Yeah, he did. He admitted to killing his, um, yeah. it would have been his sister-in-law. Yeah. So, it's just kind of sad, though, because it's like, you did take a life. You did had no regard for that cop's life. Like, you just, he doesn't value life. So part of it's like, I don't really have a lot of sympathy for him, but I can understand why some people were like, hey, let's not, like, there's not enough evidence pointing towards this, but I also think he was such a shit that I just don't really know. Yeah. Whatever so, happened to Mary, do you know? Yeah, I can't find anything on her. She um, But hid. she is, the, her and her sister, Teresa. Yeah. Got off scot-free. Now, granted, Mary served some time, so Judy served some time, but she fucking arranged this entire thing. Right. And so did her sister, and nothing. They got no no punishment whatsoever. I'm just floored by that. Like, what is, like, and just, who knows how many more husbands she's gone on to kill. Well, or just, yeah. So. Yeah. Little bitch. Anyway, so, um... Throughout his time on death row, the courts refused to do any DNA testing that may have cleared his name. However, I did Mm. find an article written by The Atlantic on February 27th, 2012. DNA was tested, and it didn't match Tommy Arthur or Bobby Ray Gilbert. Hmm. Who's Bobby Ray Gilbert, you ask? Just some guy. No, let me tell you a little bit about Bobby Ray Gilbert. So, earlier when I was telling you that I was doing this... This episode. Yeah. I was telling you about how I had it all done and everything to go. And then all of a sudden, I, there was like a bomb. And I'm like, there's another person involved. Oh. So let me tell you a little bit about Bobby Ray Gilbert real quick. So in 1986, this guy is a fucking hot mess. Okay. Oh, Bobby. Bobby Gilbert was convicted of killing 16, 62-year-old Walton Edison Brewer in DeKalb County. Brewer was shot several times during a robbery. While in jail, Gilbert escaped after holding a knife to a guard's throat. He left behind a poem which read, By the time you read this, I'll have a gun, and be- and bringing me back the next time won't be fun. <laughs> that is beautiful. He's a poet. Wow. Wow. He was found the next day hiding in bushes. Wow, he got real far there. Uh-huh. Oh, Bobby. In 1990, he stabbed and killed another inmate and earned himself some solitary confinement. You guys got to stop killing people. Yeah. So this Bobby Ray Gilbert, was senten- his sentences were as followed. He had life without parole, two life sentences, two 99-year sentences, one 40-year sentence, and one 10-year sentence. That's but, a lot of addition. Yeah, so he's just a mess. Yeah. So... Gilbert got involved in 1992 by signing an affidavit stating that he killed Junior. He stated that he met Judy in a bar and then copied the exact storyline of the case. Um, hmm. So saying that he met with his sister or the, the sister-in-law 
at the airport, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, this Bobby Ray Gilbert eventually retracted his statement and um, when his jail privileges were removed. Now, Tommy Arthur was alive at the time, obviously, and said that the prison guards wanted to shut him up, which is why they took away his his prison rights. But the state officials stated that the privilege rights were removed due to the risk of him killing more inmates. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. a domino effect, I think, yeah, once he you start nuts. there. Gilbert was such a psychopath, he was given the nickname Snake, and he died in prison by a drug overdose while in solitary confinement. Now, you're faced. <laughs> you're faced. So he was, like, hoarding pills or so, something. So, get this. I was reading about the prison that he was in, and apparently they had such a huge drug problem within the prison walls yeah. that overdoses were happening, like, constantly. And nothing was being done about it. I feel like, I mean, I don't know personally from any experience, but I feel like a prison, I feel like you can control that situation. Yeah. Like, it's not like they have, like, totes and stuff that they're hiding things in. Like, they have very minimal things in a prison. Yeah, and he was in solitary confinement, so he had, like, nothing. Right. So, yeah, he, yeah, very shady information about that. But this Bobby Ray Gilbert ended up, um, like I said, retracting a statement, and Tommy Arthur was saying that it was because of the government making him stay. But honestly, everything yeah, I read will about get you. everything I read about this guy, it, he just recreated the entire story. Yeah. So people think he was just doing it for attention. Um, he was a, he was quite the attention seeker. In fact, he also did art. So and I you can buy it was you beautiful. can buy some of Snake's art in case anyone is interested. I hope he painted snakes. Yeah. So yeah. So Tommy Arthur. Um, is still to this day known as the guy that killed Junior, unfortunately. Um, on the sad mm-hmm. front is that since Tommy Arthur drug out his execution for as long as he did, members of Junior's family passed away before they ever got to see real justice, which is sad. I feel like um, that happens too much. It does. And the worst part is is that his uh, one of Junior's sisters fought constantly to keep that guy behind bars. To She went to every trial testified was did everything she could to make sure that her brother you know received the respect that he deserved and that this tommy guy paid for his crimes yeah she died three months before his execution oh yeah so she i hopefully it was like yeah maybe it was scheduled you know what i mean hopefully who knows um he was still fighting it up until he died in fact the day that he died he was still expecting to get out Oh. Yeah. So yeah, and, and that's how each one of his 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 things were. He didn't know until the he would get into the room, and it, like people would be there, and then it would be he would find out. Okay, nope, you've been pardoned for a little bit longer, or we're appealing it, or we're looking into it. Which is one of the reasons too that um, his daughter that was fighting so hard for him, she eventually stopped going to the last two um, session. I don't want to call them sessions, but yeah. um, executions because. She it was taking such a huge toll on her to see her dad go through this and everything. I, I, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's her dad. I mean, I yeah. Mean, at the end of the day, that is her father. Yeah. And... So it's just, it sucks because I mean, and I can see it from her side of things. Like there's doubt there. So you your dad won't admit it. There is some evidence that doesn't point at him. I can understand why you would wa- want to think the the very best. Yeah. Um, 
But again, he has killed people, so it's like yep. I don't know what I don't know what to believe. And done other yeah not good yeah. things in life. So it's just very not sad. Not those yeah. things. It's just sad it's overall. Just, yeah. yeah, like he had kids. Junior had kids. Junior had a huge family. Like everyone was hurt on so many levels for and really I, no reason. And really, and then the one person that should be suffering or should be like paying for this is out and about, and it's just really fucked up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the. It's a quick one. That's the story of um, Troy Wicker Jr. and in album. Oh, let me talk about the house. Duh, that's, oh yeah, that's what we do here. Duh. <laughs> you, you can tell we are really tired because we are so um, off our game. We are realtors. Realtor. So tell me what. Okay. Tell me about this house. So this house it was three hundred one Highland Avenue in Muscle. Mush. Oh my God. Oh no. Muscle. It's happening. Okay. Muscle Shoals, Alabama. It was a three-bedroom, two-bath house, 1,800 square feet. Very beautiful ranch. Okay? Gotta um, love a ranch. I love a, I love a good ranch. You know it. I mean, we're all getting older. Oh. Those stairs. Oh, my God. I worked out today or yesterday, and oh, my God, my legs hurt so bad. She can hardly go up and down Honestly, the stairs. Honestly, you guys, it. I look... I look like I have, like, a stick shoved up my rear end or she something. She looks ridiculous. Yeah. So, okay, so this house, so since this happened so long ago, there is not a lot of information yeah. on it. So I apologize. The only, as far back as I can go listing-wise, is 2009. So in 2009, the property was listed for $94,900. However, less than a month later, the listing was removed, and it was relisted for ninety eight thousand nine hundred dollars so not sure what happened there and that was um two months later or not even it was almost like a month and a half later but so it's interesting because um i don't know if a repair was being made maybe Maybe some updates Um, yeah who knows it was in 2009 so it's not it wasn't anywhere near the murder yeah um so anyway so then it went on uh to be removed again (laughs) from the market um, in June of that same year. So it seems to be averaging one month to two months on the market before being removed. Um, so this is super interesting to me, though. So they re- dropped the price down to 94900 And then 20 days later, it was sold for $75,000. So it was sold for 20000 under yeah. what it was listed at. So that was back I mean, in... fairly quickly. To, I oh, mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Nope. I'm an idiot. No. Oh. You guys, this no. is... I didn't even notice this till right now. This is so crazy. So all that happened in 2009. It didn't sell till 2013. Oh. For, for... 75000 But it doesn't show that it was removed from the market. So what? You're telling me it sat on the market for years? That's really weird. I don't like that. I think that's false information. If there is a... There's something missing I need there. a realtor from... Muscle Shores, Shoals, Shores, Muscle, Alabama, Muscle Shoals, Alabama to call me and give me the deets on this house because I can't find them and I need We know you're listening. Yeah, do it. We know. Um, Yeah, house was built in 1967, two car attached garage. Yeah, it's a a great little, little house, so... With a murder that happened inside of it. So, yeah, that would Do actually... you know, does Alabama have to disclose if a murder happened? I don't know. Again, it would be really nice if... You want to look it up real quick? I don't know, maybe. 
Can you chit chat for? I can chit chat. Actually, I think I really want to tell people that um, we need you to follow us on Facebook. Our Facebook group is a lot of fun when we post on there, which we will be doing more often. But my gosh, you guys, we get so busy with real estate and and other jobs and the the restaurant and oh. Didn't I just come up with a new idea that we were going to do too? What did I just say that we were going to come up with? I can't remember. Oh, I was going to, we're going to do a comedy show where we're going to try and raise money for homeless oh, vets. Yeah. So we're going to, if you are a comedian and you'd like to be part of our comedy show, that would be great. We're going to raise money for homeless vets. It's going to be um, yep. somewhere along the lines of like humor for homes, but I'm not sure if I'm sold on that yet. Get it sold? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Alabama sellers are not required to disclose any deaths or other psychologically damaging information about the property. It is the responsibility of the buyer to discover any damaging information. So, on same their as own. Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. So now we know we should make a little map. So when we come across we this stuff, we know the different states because every state is different yep. in every way, shape, or form. So. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that's that's. Um, so I'm going to just say, you know, rest in peace to Junior and his family. Yeah. And I'm, it's a so, sad life. I mean, he was our age when he passed. And just uh, don't be killing people. It's unnecessary. So. Yeah, no kidding. Found some, oh, found some more information? I, well, I just found where you have to. But maybe oh, we save that. Oh, save that information for the next time. I know this and you don't. I'm sure they could look it up. You can Google it. But, but yeah. Yeah, so um, have a great rest of your week. And uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook. If you have questions or would like to contact us via email, it's murderiswherethehomeis at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram. And you can be listening to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and I believe iTunes now. I have to double check. But really getting ourselves out there like little bunch of whores. Yep, we're working on it. Um, we're going to update the Instagrams and the Facebooks and stuff, too. We're working on that. We we were just kind of off a couple weeks there, but we yeah. got it now. Yeah. We're good. It's, you know, we we were hit with some challenges. Yeah, we were. Yeah. Um, I will leave you with this. Um, if you live in Alaska or South Dakota, you must disclose murder or suicide within the past year, even. Oh, That's damn. the most... Um, Yep. Yeah. They're the hardest about that. Like the most demanding. We should do murders in those two states. I think an Alaska murder would be great. Ooh. And we have, I have a friend in Alaska. Maybe we could have her get us in touch with a realtor down there. Yep. Let's do it. Coming at you sometime. Coming at (laughs) you. Well, bye everybody. Have a great week. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Bye.